My dear respected elders, brothers, sisters, dear listeners, MashaAllah, we all have adab and etiquette in whatever we do. A child is not a child if he doesn't have etiquette and adab with his parents. A student is not a student if he doesn't have adab and respect for his teacher. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in many ahadith mentioned the importance of adab and etiquette. Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah says that I went from Makkah to Al-Mukarramah to Medina to Al-Munawwara and I was in the company of Imam Malik rahmatullah alayhi for one entire year. When I returned back to Makkah Al-Mukarramah, Sa'alatni Ummi, my mother asked me, Oh Idris, what did you learn? Oh Muhammad ibn Idris, what did you learn? He said, Ta'allamtu al-ilma thumma al-adab. I learned a lot of knowledge and then I learned etiquette. She said, Ma'allamta shay'a. Unfortunately, you wasted your year. You need to go back and go and learn something. So he was shocked on his mother's reply. When he came back to Medina Munawwara, he told his ustad, Imam Malik rahmatullah Ali, this is what my mother asked me and this is what, this was what, what her reply was. So again he learns for a year and before he goes home, Imam Malik rahmatullah Ali told him that this time your mother asked you, don't say I learned knowledge and then I learned adab. Reverse and say I learned adab first and then I learned knowledge. So when he came home, and his mother asked him, again, you spent a year, mother ta'allamt. What did you learn? He said, ta'allamtu al-adaba, thumma ta'allamtu al-ilm. I learned a lot of adab and also some ilm. She says, al-ana ya Muhammad. Muhammad, now you're learning something. So my beloved, subhanallah, adab in everything we do, in how we sleep, in how we eat, in how we talk, in how we, alhamdulillah, deal with our families and our children, adab and etiquettes, it brings out the best of the person. But whilst we have adab to everyone around us, and we have adab for the prophets, and we have adab for the masjid, the greatest adab that we need to have is our adab with Allah. And many a time, we would have adab with everything around us because we can see it and feel it. But because we cannot see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or directly be in contact with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as far as seeing and hearing Him, we tend to lax our adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why it is important. As a believer, our adab to Allah needs to be the highest. And that's why when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, people would come and they would say, Rasulullah is here, we cannot do this. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would say, you are worrying to respect me and worrying about feeling shy and embarrassed because of my presence. Don't you feel shy of the presence of Allah? 
Isn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there all the time? You're supposed to be more embarrassed and shy. Wallahu ahaqu an tastahi. You should be more shy and embarrassed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's presence. In a hadith, Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Yusibu al-rajul, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts difficulties upon a person and trials him. But this person realizes that the difficulties that is coming is coming from a very beloved hand. It's coming from a person that loves me. It's coming from a person or a being rather that cares about me. The person is under pressure. The person is under pain. The person is under difficulty. But subhanallah, his heart is happy because he knows it's coming from a very wadud and a loving being, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That this is adab with Allah. That you trust Allah so much that irrespective of your circumstances, you don't doubt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather, you take the back seat. It's a bumpy ride. There's gravel everywhere. It's raining outside. It's snowing too. But you trust the driver. You sit back. You relax. And yes, the ride will not be the best of rides. But you know ultimately the driver will take you to safety. The amount of adab the Anbiya wassalam, had that whenever they spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they spoke to Allah with feeling. They spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with respect. Allahu Akbar. We find that one day Sayyidina Abu Bakr anhu, was performing salah. And as he was performing salah, his salah was very, very soft. And on the other hand, we had Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an. And he was, mashallah, screaming his guts out. And that's why the ayah is there. La tukhafid bihi. Don't be so soft in your recitation. Wala tajhar bihi. And don't scream it out. Wabtaghi bayna thalika sabila. Look for a balance tone in between. So subhanallah. The Prophet sallallahu asked Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, why are you so loud? <laughs> why are you so soft? He said, Ya Rasulallah, I am not speaking or calling a deaf person. I'm calling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Allah sami'un, basirun. Allah can hear me. So even if I whisper, Allah ta'ala knows what's in my heart. Why should I be so loud? And then he asked Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu, why are you so loud? He said, Atrudu bihi shaitan. I say it out loud to get rid of the shaitan. So Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Umar, you be a bit lower. You don't want to disturb the people sleeping around. And oh, Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu, I want you to lift your tone a little bit. So subhanallah, you stay focused and you don't fall off to sleep. So my beloved subhanallah, they had adab. They had etiquette, let alone for Allah, even for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah says in the Quran Kareem that don't call Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with loud tones. 
and the Bedouins would come around his home and they would say, Muhammad, Muhammad. The Prophet obviously would not like it, someone screaming your name outside your home. But because of his humility, he wouldn't say anything. Allah in the Quran Kareem cautioned the believers that if you scream in front of the Prophet sallallahu your actions will be wasted. Allah Ta'ala will not give you rewards. So my beloveds, if we have to talk to Rasulullah in that tone, imagine our Khaliq, imagine our Raziq. You see, Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam, he was called into the chambers. Twelve doors were locked. Zulaikha came to him and she tried to seduce him and call him to do the evil action. And Yaqub alayhi salatu wasalam came into the vision of Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam for a moment. And Allah ta'ala showed him from his signs. Start that brother. So subhanallah, Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam came. And what did he say at that time? He said, Inni alameen. I fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I can't do what you're asking me to do. It is mentioned that when she wanted to do the wrong, she took a sheet, a shawl, and she covered, she covered the idols that were in her room. They were idol worshippers. She covered the idol worshippers. And what did she say? She says that I feel shy that my gods are looking at me. <laughs> now these stones cannot see. These stones cannot talk. But yet she has so much conscience in her that she wants to throw over a shawl out of embarrassment that she cannot do the wrong action in front of her gods. I said this before and I say it again. How many times we are on the television and subhanAllah semi-naked and what, what, what wrong things are happening? The movie is playing. And then we have Surah Yasin on the wall. Then we have Allah and Muhammad on the wall. We get the Imam to perform the greatest qirat. And immediately thereafter, we start the music in the hall. So in that way, what, we are fooling ourselves. You are being bare adab. And you are, pay, you are not paying the correct respect owed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And ode to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you can't mix dhulumat and nur. You can't mix darkness and light. By bringing good in bad, you can't endorse it. So we have to have that high level of respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bishr al-Hafi, rahimahullah, was a very great pious person. He was not an alim, he was not a sheikh. We don't take hadith from him. But yes, he was a person of the heart. Ahlul Ma'rifah. They were close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you see his story, you will find that Bishr al-Hafi, he was a, an addict. He was an alcoholic. He was a person that would lie by the bar and lie by, you know, what we say, the, he was a drunkard. And subhanAllah, my beloveds, one day, half drunk, and I, I seen this one day, I was, you know, in Brazil, and I'm, I'm pa past the pub every morning to go to the masjid. <laughs> pub is right there, but the masjid, masjid is there. 
And every day on Saturday night, Sunday morning, I'm walking to the masjid. All these drunkards on the road. They can't. You ask them their name, they don't even know their name. They're walking in the middle of the streets. But yet they reach their home safely. The cars don't bump them. And then I'm looking at them and I say, how compassionate and benevolent is Allah that Allah even gives protection to the drunkard to reach his home. Allah even takes the drunkard in his drunken state safely home. How many times the car is just missing them? Somehow Allah protects them and takes them home. My beloved, subhanallah, Bishr Hafi would drink. But one day as he was walking, he seen the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lying on the floor. And he immediately recognized the name of Allah. That's why I always tell organizations, schools, madrasas, don't unnecessarily print the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you are giving a statement in the newspaper, use the word Almighty. Don't use the word Allah. Because people take these newspapers, these magazines, when they're old, you printed this whole magazine with all Allah's names in it. Now people don't want it. They throw it out. It goes into the rubbish dump and Allah's name is on the earth. So be careful. Those things that have Allah Ta'ala's name, you have old Quran, you have old kitabs. If you can give it to someone that will use it well and good. If you cannot, the correct way is to dig a deep hole and bury it. Dig a deep hole and bury it. So in this way, alhamdulillah, we have adab and respect to the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Bishr al-Hafi, he takes this name of Allah that is lying on the floor. He picks it up, he kisses it, puts it on his forehead and he comes home. He puts some perfume on it, puts it on a high place. This is the name of Allah. In a dream that night, a pious man seen a message to him that Bishr is a very special servant of ours. Go and fetch him and allow him to repent and introduce him into the world of the pious. This man went, he said, I'm looking for Bishr in the masjid. Who's this Bishr? They said, you're looking for Bishr? Bishr is not in the mosque, bro. Bishr is by the pub and the bar. So he came there and he found him, subhanallah, and he held his hand. He picked him up, gave him some salt water, brought him home and told him, did you do something amazing recently? Because this is the dream I've seen. He said, I lifted the name of Allah. He said, Allah is about to lift your name. You lifted the name of Allah. Allah is about to lift your name. This is Adab. When Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, when Musa alayhi salatu wasalam came to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Mount Tur, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Musa alayhi salatu wasalam Adab. He came and he wanted to speak to Allah. Allah Ta'ala said, فَخْلَعْنَ عَلَيْكَ فَخْلَعْنَ عَلَيْكَ إِنَّكَ بِالْوَادِ الْمُقَدَّسِ طُوَىٰ Musa, you're in a very sacred space. You're in a place of barakah. You're in the Mount of Tur. Musa, you can't come with your shoes. Take off your shoes and come without shoes. Musa alayhi salatu wasalam then took off his shoes and ushered himself in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first thing Allah taught Musa even before he became a Nabi was Adab 
Musa, you're going to get risalat now, but before nubuwwat, you need adab, take off your shoes and then come in front of me. So my beloved, subhanallah, a servant learns adab when he realizes his place in the entire, subhanallah, spectrum. When he realizes who he is. There's a famous saying, man arafa nafsahu, arafa rabbahu. He who comes to know himself, will come to know his creator. And he who knows Allah will understand where he stands. What that means? The more ma'rifat you have of Allah, the more you strive to know who is your creator, the more it will reveal to you your own unworthiness. You will realize that I'm a servant. You will realize that nothing happens without the decree of Allah. You will understand that you are abd. And the more you understand your unworthiness and your humility as a servant, you will understand the majesty and the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us look at the adab, the adab and the etiquette of the anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's take for example, Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam. Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wassalam is in the court of Namrud. And Namrud asks him, Who's Rabbul Alameen? Tell me. Khalaqani thumma yahdeen. Allah is the one that created me. Allah is the one that grants me guidance. He is attributing all goodness to Allah. And then thereafter what he says. Walladhi yuta'imuni wa yusqeen. He's the one that gives me food. He's the one that gives me drink. وَإِذَا أَمَرِثْتُ فَهُوَ يَشْفِينَ All goodness Allah gave me, hidayat, Allah gives me food, Allah gives me drink. But he doesn't say Allah gives me sickness. Although sickness does come from Allah. He says when I get ill, Allah Ta'ala grants me shifa. When I get ill, Allah grants me shifa. In other words, I will not attribute something which looks bad to, directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is adab. This is etiquette. My beloved, subhanallah, in the Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, يُعِزُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيُذِلُّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ Allah grants honor to whom He wants. Allah grants disgrace to whom He wants. And Allah Ta'ala gives mulk. Mulk means authority to whom He wants. And Allah takes, وَتَنْزِعُ الْمُلْكَ مِمَّنْ تَشَاءُ And He takes authority away from whom He wants. Then Allah after that says, بِيَدِكَ الْخَيْرِ إِنَّكَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ All good is in your hands alone, Allah. The ulama mentioned snatching power away from people, snatching, subhanAllah, countries away from kings. This is not something good. Why does Allah say all goodness is in his hands? Is if Because even for the mazloom, it is good that Allah Ta'ala take these people of power away because they stop their zulm on the mazlumin. But even for the zalim, it's better for him to lose power because his sins will be less in the hereafter. My beloved, look at the adab of Sayyidina Ayyub alayhi salatu wassalam. Ayyub alayhi salatu wassalam, what he says? Rabbi anni masaniya dur. Allah, I'm not saying you put all these problems on me. Problems came my way. Shaitan put all these tests in my way. But you are the most benevolent, the merciful. Oh Allah, I want mercy from you. And beloveds, every salah we start, we start it with Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. 
We open the Quran Kareem. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. The adab and the etiquette Allah is teaching me and you. We all have problems in our life. Macro, micro, in our country, nationally, internationally, in our homes, financial, our children, our wives. We all to some extent are facing issues. But then we focus on that 1% and we forget the 99% that Allah has done for us. Allah says, oh human being, when you stand in front of me five times salah, every rakat, I want to remind you, forget that 1%. Focus on the 99% and say, Alhamdulillah. You start off with saying, Alhamdulillah. Then you'll see happiness in your life. And what will be the last thing that we will say in Jannah? وَآخِرُ دَعْوَاهُمْ أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ The ending call of the Jannatis will be Alhamdulillah. You start off everything in this world with Alhamdulillah. You end off in Jannah with Alhamdulillah. وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا If you try to count the ni'mas of Allah, my brother, you will run out of numbers. I would love to... Just, you know, Sayyidina Khidr alayhi salatu wasalam. Take example. There's so many examples coming to my mind. Time is not on my side. Khidr alayhi salatu wasalam. When he brought blemish, first of all, Khidr alayhi salatu wasalam was directly under the guidance of Allah. We call it ilm al-ladunni. Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu was had ilm al-shari'ah. And Sayyidina Khidr alayhi salatu wasalam, Musa alayhi salam was told to go there and learn from him and see and he came to Khidr alayhi salatu wasalam, ilmi al-ladunni. So he was directly told by Allah what to do. He took the boats, he damaged the boats. So Musa alayhi salatu wasalam said, why did you damage the boats? Right? He never said, Allah told me to break the boats because it's bare adab to Allah. He says, I broke the boats because there is a king behind and he'll want to take the boats. Later on, on the third story, when he, subhanallah, built the wall, and he went away. He said, why did you build the wall? These people never give us any food. They were very rough with us. And you're doing good for them. So he said, there's a father and a mother passed away and they left orphans. Allah wishes that this wall be built so this money can come out and be beneficial to the orphans later on in their life. When he done something which seems to me and you bad, he attributes it to himself. And subhanallah, when there's something good, he attributes it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is adab with Allah, akhlaq with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I complete with this hadith. A beautiful hadith. Teaches us adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, the hadith says, it's a hadith of Qudsi. He says, oh human beings, don't fear any authority, dominion, so long as my dominion and authority is there. And mine will be forever. And don't fear poverty so long as my treasures are filled and my treasures will always remain filled. I created you for ibadah, O human being. Don't find yourself in amusement and play. And I have already written your risk, so don't tire yourself and overwork. If you are happy with my decree, and you say, Alhamdulillah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Arahtu badanaka. I will grant you peace and happiness in your body also. And in your mind also. And oh human being, if you're not happy with what I gave you. Then at'abtuka. I will make you tired. 
Like how the animals run around. That is how I will make you tired with the dunya. And then nothing will come to you except what I already written for you. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says something amazing. He said, Ana wadudun. I am wadud. I love you. I love you, human being. Understand that. I'm not your enemy. And I love you so much, oh human being. Can you also repay that love towards me? Sayyidina Dawud says, This is my last saying. Dawud says, Oh Allah, I made a sajda for you. But how is it possible for me to make shukr for that sajda? Because you gave me the inspiration to make that sajda. Then I make another sajda. Then I realize that I owe you to another sajda for that sajda. And then that continues and continues. Ya Allah, I realized I can never make you shukr. Allah said, Al-an shakartani ya Dawood. The day you realize you can never pay me back is the day you have appreciated me. May Allah Ta'ala grant us all tawfiq and grant us the love for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and great adab and respect. Adab in our masajid. Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, don't speak loud in the masjids. The malaika get disturbed. Don't scream in the masjids. Adab to the Quran Kareem. Don't put the Quran down. Put the Quran up. Adab to everything. He who gives azmat and respect to the sha'air of Allah. Sha'air of Allah means everything important in the eyes of Allah. It is the taqwa of the heart. Allah grant us all tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.